Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting once again in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hello. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, other than the stench of this fucking dive we're in, I'm doing okay. Yeah, Jeez. I didn't I didn't notice it. Well, but, maybe uh, you're used to it. Yeah, I guess I am. You know? <laughs> well, I, I live in this neighborhood, so. Yeah, you live in this neighborhood, so. But, uh, and no, then. man, I just, right, right huh. when I opened the door, man. Huh, okay. It was just like, fuck. Uh, all right, well, maybe it'll catch up to me later yeah, on. Yeah, I, I hope not, but yeah, what's right. happening with you, man? Well, it's Ash Wednesday, Manny. It's, a, oh, it's always, yeah. always a big day, I know. Uh, today a, is the day. Beginning of Lent. The recall, man. Yes, yes, they yes. They got I, enough signatures, apparently. I saw that. Today was and the deadline, yeah, and, they and they, they were dancing was, into City Hall today yeah. to, to deliver the, uh, <laughs> so, the, the petitions. All but the signatures. now they have 20 days that they got to certify it. Right. So who's going to be the one certifying it, I wonder? Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know, clerk of court or somebody, some, some, some election official has to certify them yeah, all. I don't trust it, that at all. No, man. no. Well, there's, there's going to be uh, a lot of challenges, you know, there's uh, a lot of challenges on, on signature, uh, validity or, and, you know, see if they can, they can, uh, apparently like, uh, generally speaking with these, these petition drives, 20% of the signatures wind up being, uh, Invalid for one reason or another, so that's yeah. why they got to get way more than than the required number. Uh, we'll see. Right, it's going to be exciting. Right. Well, It'll I was I was talking to uh, somebody the other day, and this attorney, and he was saying, well, you know, uh, like the soonest they could do this election, I guess, would be they say this spring, but I don't know that they're going to do it that quickly. I saw there's another election that's already scheduled for October that they might put it on that ballot. Well, they're not going to do it in the spring. Right, right. It's, it's too gonna, soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, you've got the festivals and all that. Sure, and there's going to be all kind of court challenges, yeah, I would imagine, from yeah, the from yeah. uh, the, the thing is, you know, the lawyers win. That's all that wins. Sure, sure. The fucking blood-sucking, greedy <laughs> fuck lawyers. They're well, the ones who win. Well, man. some of them are on our side, hopefully. But, I don't uh, know any of them on my side. Well, you know, some of them will yeah, be. Uh, just, I guess I know one that's on my side. There you actually. go. You see, that's all you need. Well, yeah. uh, one one per uh, per case anyway. Yeah, you got to have somebody uh, advocating side. for you. Yeah. So uh, uh, Ash Wednesday yesterday was Mardi Gras Day. Yes. Uh, everybody was out there. It was beautiful weather. Eighty I degrees. I didn't go out there. You didn't go out there. No. In okay. fact, I didn't go to one single parade. Okay. Our function, and it was probably the best Mardi Gras I ever had. Okay. I did not go out there. Right. No way. And I had the, all the days off, too. Yeah. I had like five days off, and I had no reason to go out there, you know, because to begin with, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's violent. It's very violent, Mardi Gras. And it's so racist. You know, it's so racist. I did see news clips, and I just can't, I can't believe there's people out there just, you know, looking at these guys up on these floats wearing these flamboyant, you know, KKK outfits. Basically what they are. They're just KKK outfits. And there's black people down there, too, and all sorts of Yeah, Hispanic I don't people, think people eh? see it like that necessarily. Yeah. I understand the, the, uh, the roots of Mardi Gras have, and some of the, the crews it's, have uh, it's long history. It's stupid, histories. it's yeah, right. violent, it's racist, yeah. it's classless. And all the right. thing is, 
I was thinking to myself, you know, I was like, God, I should have went somewhere. You know, just left. Some people go out of town. Yeah, yeah I, I don't need it anymore. I, I don't need because when you're here, you really can't go anywhere because it's always in the way. Right, right, right. You don't want to have know? to cross parade routes. Yeah, you had yeah. Uh, Endymion you right over. Know where you're going? You. Oh, get yeah. around the route. Yeah. Man, look in the old days. Uh, when when they had all these little neighborhood uh, parades that actually you know didn't follow the traditional route down St. Charles Avenue, I remember trying to to make it to uh, like a somebody's wedding or something on a middle of a Saturday in Gentilly, and suddenly I'm running into a parade. Like this is when I was a teenager, you know, playing, uh, you know, back in the in the 70s, early 80s. But uh, yeah, yeah. Gentilly parades. Yeah, they had them all over the place, man. You never knew what you were going to run into. You know, and yeah, you couldn't well, look at a, look it up on your phone in those days either, man. No, had to, had to go look <laughs> in, the, in the, the newspaper. It was in the Times, picky. Right, right, right. But uh, so, well, I, I wound up going out several days. Had some uh, relatives in from out of town, and uh, uh, went down to Endemian. There, my sister lives kind of close to uh, the Endemian Parade, so. I was uh, wound up being nice, you know. And Demi, that's a, that's a, like uh, you know a lot of people from the suburbs will will come to that one, and sometimes it can get a little bit hairy there. Well, but, yeah, uh, because they come into town and, and they don't they, they don't really care. They have a disdain for New nobody Orleans. Nobody likes them already to begin with, and then they think that they own whatever spot they have. Well, yeah, there's yeah. way too much of that. Yeah, you know, people getting territorial, but the spot owners, you right, know. right. So I saw some people had uh, had spray painted uh, yeah, a section of grass. Uh, yeah. I was thinking, can I? Is that cool? Can I just go out there and spray paint a big uh, quadrant and put spray paint my name on it, and then show up like right before yeah, the parade this and is go, mine. "This is my name." Look, it says my name right here. Yeah. <laughs> well, people are that way, man. It's ridiculous, and they camp out there forever. Uh, you know, whatever. I, right, I, right, I right. Yeah, we don't have to keep going over that. But anyway, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's Lent. You know, we it's Lent, time yeah. when people traditionally uh, will give something up. I know you have kind of a tradition uh, that goes along. Yeah, I just along. give up. That's you just give I, up uh, in general. <laughs> I just give up in general. Yeah, we like and that. These people walking around with fucking swastikas on their head. Oh, uh, the, the 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 ashes, yeah, the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ashes on. Uh -oh. I don't. You know, I saw some of them today at work <laughs> and i was just staring at them I'm like what the hell is that yeah. well you know i i, w I was uh, i saw uh, president biden on television today speaking and uh you know he had uh, his ashes on his forehead and it kind of shocked me because i was like oh yeah right biden's catholic you know i realized well biden is only our second catholic president in history you know kennedy like, was uh, the other one. kennedy was the other one they shot him in the head so well, uh, let's hope it doesn't happen to biden right right i know i know it's not it's, a good uh, thing uh, I, I i'm assuming our guest was raised catholic i don't don't know no no huh you got a catholic last name yeah, I, I it's an irish last name but not catholic Really? Okay. Uh, All right. All right. <laughs> we hung out on state, state and St. Charles Presbyterian. Oh, okay. All right. Church of England. All right. Very good. Okay. All right. Orange men. Um, yeah. Okay. So, well, we've we, uh, had, had a couple of, uh, of celebrity deaths this past week. Uh, so we lost uh, uh, Raquel Welch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She was a good friend of yours, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. The hours I spent holding her picture with one hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she, was, she, was, she was a good friend, man. Right, Beauty. right, right. You know, yeah, she was a natural oh, yeah. too. Oh yeah, you know, she's better than fucking Marilyn Monroe, if you ask me. But you know who I always had a thing for hmm. was uh, Suzanne Plachette. 
Oh, I like Suzanne yeah, Pleshette. Yeah, I always yeah. liked that dark hair of hers and that milky white skin. She had those firm areola nipples. <laughs> And she had, uh, <laughs> had kind of a husky and I voice. Thought, yeah, huh? had a, a smoker's kind of voice. Right, you right, know? right. And, uh, you know, fucking Bob Newhart could be banging her. And why can't I be banging her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. She seemed yeah, approachable yeah. to you. You yeah. had more okay. of a chance. I had a chance. Right, right. You know, <laughs> you know, Bob Newhart there. Sure, sure. Well, he is funny. Women like a sense of humor. Yeah. Know? Uh, I guess maybe you would you would uh, yeah, have him in know. there. I don't know. So also Stella Stevens, who uh, yeah. another great beauty and 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 pretty funny too. Uh, you know, she's, she's well, a good dramatic actress. She was in this great movie. I I I like. Uh, I think it was John Cassavetti's first uh, directorial uh, uh, picture called Too Late Blues, starring uh, Bobby Darren oh. and Stella Stevens. As, oh. uh, she's a singer. It's not. I always thought she was. Um caught in between all those other bombshells you know she never got her real her real due right you know what i'm saying and then she ended up doing lots of tv and stuff too you know and then i think she was on the uh, poseidon adventure oh that's right she was in the yeah, poseidon she adventure. was in the poseidon she was hanging out with fred astaire oh uh, okay yeah, yeah that yeah, thing yeah, yeah. And, uh, and i think ernest borgnine yeah, he was in there, and Shelley Winters. What, and she was uh, there. I think Ernest Borgnine uh, was Stella Stevens's date, or oh, okay. fiance, okay, or something like that. Been, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. Also, we lost the great uh, Huey Piano Smith uh, last week. I uh, don't know who someone that is. you may not know who that is, Manny, yeah. but uh, great uh, foundational rock and roll New Orleans piano player, songwriter, wrote uh, "Rock and Pneumonia." You give me high blood pressure. Uh, Was that his? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, don't you just know it? Don't you just know it? I love that one, man. It's got the the, the nonsense syllable chorus. Anyway, so <laughs> never be another one like that. Yeah. Really. Dr. John made, you know, he, he did some of those on Gumbo. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The and, medley. And Huey Piano-Smith lasted a long time, man. It's, uh, you know, he was in his 90s when he, when he passed away last week. So that was uh, sad. But, uh, you know, who's, who's, who's still with us is the great Dave Clements. Our, our, oh, right. And uh, actually went to see the Johnny J and the Hitmen reunion gig <laughs> on Saturday night at uh, Carrollton Station. They had... Wow. They had uh, uh, Jay playing with uh, uh, you know Dave Clements and Joey Torres. They played a whole set. Dave was dressed up uh, in costume. He was kind of like uh, uh, Howard Stern meets Alice Cooper. Had a big long black wig on, <laughs> big long leather. Did Dave coat. know where he was? Um, he well, know? he was definitely full of life, man. Because then, so he they played the first set, and then they took a break and. They switched bands, so Jay brought his uh, another iteration of the Hitmen on. Had uh, Red Deveca playing bass and uh, right. uh, 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 Mike Sipos playing drums and yeah. a uh, second guitar player playing rhythm. I know those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then Dave took over dancing and and uh, lit up the dance floor with his. Uh, That's his, part of the show. Well, no, Johnny. I think it was just that was that was uh, Dave oh. just just having fun, you know, Being just happy. Yeah, just having a big personality, you know. Dave Dancing with all the girls. Well, the girls like Dave. Chicks dig Dave, you know, man. Chicks have always dug Dave. You know, I don't. You know, I see it. I guess. You know, he's a <laughs> saloon owner, and you know. Well, he's got a nice smile. He's got kind eyes. You know, yeah. he's got that good, good head of hair we always talk about. Yeah, he's a friendly bass player. Yeah, 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 and he always pays at the end. 
you know, it pays at the end of the night, you know. You know what I was thinking? I, uh, speaking of, like, you know, pain, you know, I was thinking about my life and then my younger days when I was single for periods of time, you know. Mm-hmm. I was single for long periods of time. And then I'd get a girlfriend, you know. Right. And it took me so long to figure out that I didn't have to leave money on the bedside table after we did it. <laughs> you know? You pay just, more in the long run. Yeah. yeah. It just, you know. <laughs> so. You think it would have been, been safer just to go ahead and, and get it out on the table? Like the in, like, NRBQ song, they ain't no free. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about that over the break, you know, over my Mardi Gras break. Mm-hmm. And you know what I also was thinking about? Hmm. Um, well, it just came up. Um, I was watching uh, a lot of movies and stuff. People were out there, parades and stuff. And I was just home watching movies. And um, Anything good? Well, I saw this one movie. It was on, uh, I can't remember the channel, but it was a Nicolas Cage movie, and it was called Rage. Hmm. And he's a, he's, he's a guy who was out for revenge. Okay. And... Um, but and it was it was one of these movies that had commercials and stuff like that. But I thought it was I was watching this. I was just lying in my living room watching this and went to one commercial break and they showed some commercials. I didn't think much of them. Movie came back on. Twenty minutes later, there's another commercial break, and it's the same commercials that they showed the first break. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then I started watching more of the movie and it was okay. It was an okay movie. It wasn't great. And then the, another commercial came on, and they showed the same exact commercials for this movie, Rage. And the commercials were for adult diapers. <laughs> <laughs> adult diapers, and then they had, they'd squeeze in like a regular Pampers commercial. Yeah. So I was like, what the hell is this about? What is, they, uh, what is Nicolas Cage and Rage have to do with uh, adult uh, diapers. It might have been the channel, you know, if it's a, if it's a, a station that, uh, you know, a lot of older people watch. Like, I, I well, noticed... Well, that's, that's what I was thinking, or, uh, but, like, I mean... Like, when I watch news programs, every... It's, it's, it's adult diapers, uh, uh, prescription medication for high blood pressure or uh, high cholesterol, and uh, uh, catheters, so... <laughs> So you know, it's definitely a skewing uh, to the, the 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 older side of things with the regular broadcast know. television. Yeah, they're really trying to cable. sell us the stuff we need. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Target the audience. They, they know their audience. That's right. You know, I don't think young people are I'd watching. Have to go uh, back and see what network. Watching it was. the news. I, li- I like the option of pausing it so you could fast forward through to. All the commercials. Okay. Oh, okay. I got that option on my TV where you pause it and then fast forward through all the commercials. Really? Pause it and let some time go by, right? And then you can, then you have some. Uh, oh, okay. I see. What, uh, yeah. Very clever. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the thinking man. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. Then you know what else is going on with you? Oh, uh, not not too much. I'm uh, I'm just. Trying to trying to uh, tie up loose ends. Got a couple of different gigs with with bands this weekend, and then I was telling you uh, next week, uh, a week from today, I'm leaving town to go out on the road with John Grow, 
Um, Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you'll you'll be happy to to have me gone. Uh, we're the funky keyboard player or the sousaphone player. The, the funky keyboard player. Yeah, yeah. Going out there with the John Papa Grow band. Going uh, starting out uh, next. Uh, taking like, Matt uh, Booth's on, place. Uh, I'm taking Matt Booth's place. That's right. I don't know. Matt Matt Booth uh, uh, thought twice about this tour. I don't know. But uh, going up playing, starting off in Cleveland, uh, playing uh, Pittsburgh. I know a, fa- a favorite town of Manny's and Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, All New right. York. A week from uh, a week from be cold. Saturday. It, it yeah, may be man. very cold. I, That's I, right. I think that guy Matt was smart to back up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, that I, sounds like uh, cold. Uh, Bleak. It sounds uh, like a Russian winter. Well, uh, Stalingrad. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I was having those same images myself. You know, I was thinking of, of the speech I'm going to give the rest of the band before we leave. You know, like, uh, look, man, uh, this is going to be, uh, could be some, some tough terrain here, uh, hazardous conditions. Uh, we all may not make it back. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. Sure. I guess <laughs> it, it goes, does. <laughs> But uh, here we go. You're tired, son. Yes, we're all tired. It's like uh, uh, Patton's push for Berlin. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, and so you're driving? Driving, driving the van up there. Uh, yeah, doing 12 dates. I'll, I'll post all those on my f- personal Facebook page. Uh, if anybody wants to come see me out there with the John Papa Grow Band, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, Buffalo, on into... Ohio Valley and uh, you know Chicago City Winery in Chicago. So look up all those. Come tell us hello. Well, um, it's been nice knowing you. Sure, you? Manny. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I'll tell them your story. Yeah, 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 Just yeah. Carry wear, on. Wear lights. your helmet in the van. Okay. Yeah, wear your helmet in the van. <laughs> exactly. Now, do you take your firearms with you when you go on tour? Oh, no, 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 no. no. It's just uh, for New Orleans. Strip yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's right. I just <laughs> all right, tell me about it, man. Fuck. Yeah. Hear about that guy, Mardi Gras Day? He got stabbed what, by somebody who was What about all the pick? ones that didn't get shot? Hmm. <laughs> there yeah, was yeah. plenty that didn't yeah, get shot. Yeah, it's more people didn't get shot, man. You got to look at the bright <laughs> the side. The numbers, like, yeah, numbers yeah. are on our side. That's right, man. Play, play the numbers oh. game. And you got to know where sure. not to go. It was like... Sure. They had a shooting on uh, what was it, Terpsichore, down by that right on Saint Hoshin. Well, I love, yeah, I love to go to Hoshin. Is, though, these stories are making the national news and the world news. Yeah, you know, yeah. I had. Oh, it's uh, terrible. Yeah. yeah well, it's keeping up the brand, as uh, as Mayor Ray Nagin used to say, you know, keeping the brand out there. Just keeping it chocolate. Is that well, what you're saying? Well, just uh, That's you know, what he said. keeping the name in the news. Yes, yes, yes. See uh, Ray still here. Yeah. Well, speaking of killers, okay, you know, I forgot this is a story I wanted to talk about uh, about a month or so ago. Re- remember, uh, there was that uh, that brutal murders in Idaho on that campus. Uh, oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Idaho State mm-hmm. or whatever campus, is. and uh, there was a manhunt. Yes, and the, people were pissed off because the cops were weren't doing it. They weren't finding out any evidence or they weren't giving any evidence out, and so it was like at a standstill. There was no news about it for like a month. And then it goes into six weeks, and then almost two months, hmm. and they ca- then long, they catch the guy in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, okay. uh-huh. somewhere around there, uh-huh. on his way to Buffalo. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> trying to make my gig. They, uh, <laughs> they catch him, and they arrest him, and they bring him back to Idaho, and I'm watching the news. I'm laying on the couch watching the news, and my daughter comes home. <laughs> And, she, and they had they show this like 
the 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 headshot, you know, the the, the mugshot of this guy. <laughs> headshot, yeah, yeah mug the mugshot of this <laughs> sure. guy. And my daughter walks in <coughs> right when they're showing the mugshot, and she <laughs> she says, "Is that your friend Renee?" <laughs> <laughs> and I started looking at it going, well, yeah, it could be. It looks kind of like him, yeah. And I just thought that was the funniest thing. She thought it was you on the news. Okay, well, she hasn't seen me in a while, but I, you know, I pretty much look the same, but okay. It's, uh, yeah, so you know. it's like, I go, yes, he's an Idaho killer. All right, well. He's killed five people, stabbed uh, them all. Well, Didn't even use a gun. Four, four as far as I can remember. But, yeah, that's uh, dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah stabbing yeah. all four. Or, yeah, you got to be committed, man. Yeah, like yeah. that guy in the quarter yesterday, he was using an ice pick. Oh, oh shit. Old style. Yeah, yeah. he had an I ice pick. Like yeah. the mafia. He stabbed this guy, and then this guy tries to protect the victim, and he gets stabbed. Mm. Escalating. Yeah, escalating. But anyway, oh, it's well. all good. Yeah, we're all safe, yeah. so... Uh, They're good, good guys. When you look at it, they're all good well, guys. I don't know if, who, well, uh, <laughs> some are not good. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, we're playing the playing the the, the, the numbers game. Yeah, numbers game. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get our guest in sure. here because huh? he's, yeah. uh, he's, uh, he's 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 a good guy. He's a talkative guy, friendly fellow. So uh, this is a fellow I've I've known forever. Uh, you know, as a as a teenager, as I was entering the musical workforce, I first got a call from him to see if I he could. I could sub with his band, Tom Fitz and the Misfits, and I, I oh, wasn't. Yeah? Uh, you don't may not remember but this, but I think maybe Steve Mazakowski oh, yeah, yeah. gave gave you my name or something, and I wasn't able to to do it. But uh, that's the first time I ever heard of Tom Fitzpatrick. So he's an award-winning jazz, R&B, blues, saxophone player, composer, arranger, band leader. Spent uh, uh, over. 30-something years with the great Walter Wolfman Washington and the Roadmasters since uh, 1987. He's played with, played with all, the, all the greats, Johnny Adams, Snooks Eaglin, Kirk Joseph, on and on. We'll get into all that. But without further ado, the great Mr. Tom Fitzpatrick. Welcome, Tom. Where yet? Where yet? What's happening? Uptown with you, New Orleans. All represent. Right. Yeah, man. Now, now you said you you grew up right in this neighborhood around Snake and Jake's. Yeah, 800 block of Pine Street. My first 15 years. No kidding. Between Maple and Buth, and uh, I used to run up to hang out at Tulane University, play football over there when I was 10 and 11. You were on the team then? We we would make our own teams. We'd uh, dress out and, you know, as, f as soon as I figured out about football when I was 9 or 10, and I could, it was okay to go full speed and running into somebody and hitting them with yeah. pads on, I was like all into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like yeah. for two years yeah, I needed to get until I went to McMain and everybody was 100 pounds more than me and I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, yeah. So, so uh, what what elementary school did you go to? Lusher School. I walked oh. the six blocks from 800 block to Willow. Oh, right on. So, uh, yeah, mostly walked every day to uh, so Lusher and McMain, and, and uh, so you've graduated from McMain. No, McMain was a junior high back then. Okay, uh, and I went two years, and uh, the third year I had decided to go to a new experimental school that my one of my my next older sister was going to uh, Gateway 2. Oh. Alan Guma was running a new experimental, I don't know if experimental is the right word, uh -huh. uh, 
high school called Gateway 2. So I went there a couple of years. Now, is that a kind of open classroom? Yeah, or? open classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I had math classes in Tulane University. I would go to to the the courts uh, on Tulane and Broad. We'd go to courts for civic. Civics course wow, really? was at the courts. We'd sit in on all the courts from juvenile all the way to criminal court. Uh-huh. And... Uh, we would learn about civics, you know, what our future was looking like. Yeah. Public transportation. Oh, you had to take your you own You got to talk in the mic, man. You had to yeah. take your Public own transportation, bus. yeah, absolutely. We uh, took the bus, uh, unless you had a friend with a car or something, you know. And uh, let's see, how old was I back then? Yeah, I was probably 14, going to 15, and... Uh, that's right. When I picked up the saxophone, I, I was put gonna, down the French horn. And really, you played French horn before? Yeah, that. I was studying French horn with uh, Chris Contos. At, uh, when I got to McMean, I had this ugly trumpet that I had been playing for two years at Lusher, and uh, it, it looked like it had been buried in the backyard, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so everybody else had these shiny horns. I did come to find out later it was a school horn horns, but uh, they all had these beautiful shiny horns. And everybody had brass horns. The school horns were made of silver. Know, and they were, about they had a lot of 60, 70 people in a class or right. whatever in band class and they uh-huh. go, uh, you want to play French horn? And it, my other option was to pull out this ugly trumpet and I was like, yeah, I want to play French horn. Okay, they had a new <laughs> It was horn all about you. image, you all know. Right. I didn't want to look stupid in front of 60 people that I just met that day, uh-huh. you know. And, uh, so you play French 12 horn? 12-year-old. So I switched to French horn. I got pretty good. I was the first horn player. Nice. Bunch of people. And well, so what possessed you to uh, start playing a reed instrument? So I was listening to Hendrix and uh, smoking way too much weed at the age of 13 and 14. Okay. And um, yeah, I don't recommend it for any of you 13 and 14-year-olds. Uh, uh, Worked for me. Wait till later. <laughs> Worked for me and Manny. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was... <laughs> It, anyways, uh, so listening to Hendrix and, and you know, uh, playing French horn, it wasn't going to, one didn't equal the other. Yeah, so I was couldn't. like, I need another instrument. I, I couldn't tune a guitar. You know, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> okay. You know. <laughs> so you thought saxophone might so be more. So I single note at a time, you know, I was mm-hmm. had been playing trumpet, French horn. So I've been, I was listening to Dr. John and especially Edgar Winter, White Trash. Uh, mm. Edgar Winter, White Trash, Roadwork, the uh, double album uh-huh. with John Smith on tenor and Edgar playing all that great alto. Right. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that shit. You Edgar's know? a hell of an uh, alto player, man. I, I saw him play shit. a couple of years Edgar, ago at, at, man, uh, at, at uh, uh, Jeff Fest, man. Badass. Yeah, absolutely. Gretna and if Fest you listen to that old stuff on Roadwork with Jerry LaCroix screaming and he's screaming and... They're all blowing, you know. Isn't he the one with the white? He's the albino guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Both him and him and, and Johnny, uh, Johnny are both brother. albinos. But uh, how does that happen? That's a genetic mutation, you know. He carries a re- recessive so, gene, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It came up. Are they twins? No, no. Oh, Johnny, I loved his plan too. Yeah, yeah. Johnny was terrific. Johnny's older, and uh, Edgar's uh, the younger brother. Now, who's the one who played Frankenstein? That's Edgar. Edgar. He Edgar played did. keyboard, he played drums, he played saxophone, he's sang. All at the same time. No, in the no. same song, though. That's, that oh, was, yeah. in the same song. That was all edited together. That's why they called it Frankenstein, I think. But I've seen recorded. him do live oh, yeah, yeah. where he goes from one to the other. Yes, yeah, yeah. And he's still he's still a great alto player, man. I, I caught him at Chepatinas with Leon Russell. Now, they can albino people, they'll have albino children? 
Or they, can they? Can sure? Can they? Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. like it's you legal. Know, yeah, they've legalized that. <laughs> <laughs> because like sometimes, like two normal people could have a midget as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, our two midgets can yeah, have a normal person. person. Right, I've heard so of that. So can albino, right. like, have a uh, yeah, regular could, white person? Yeah, yeah. They could could they a, have a black person? I don't think so. If two albinos got together? Uh, well, I mean, they, they do have black albinos. They have um, black albinos? They do, they do. Oh, absolutely. yeah. And they're still called albinos? Yeah, they are. Because they are. are. Black they're usually albinos. called by the names. Well, I mean, they're, they're, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> have you ever seen a black albino? I have, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What right. about an Asian albino? I can't recall seeing an, an Asian albino, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if the, the gene exists in that, in that uh, population. I'm not sure. Well, we let's can, ask the troubled nation yeah, yeah, if yeah, they've we ever can, seen an uh, Asian albino. Uh, okay, we're re- all right, yeah. well... Uh, we're really getting. You didn't expect this, did you, Tom? Oh, I did. <laughs> I've listened to enough uh, okay. podcasts to <laughs> well, absolutely expect. Okay, this. right on. That's why um, I, I I don't know what to say. You uh, know. Sure, sure, and, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Well, so it's so it's interesting. You switch to uh, saxophone. Like a lot of saxophone players wind up starting off on clarinet. But yeah, since you had yeah. Already played I'm another... ending up on trying to learn clarinet. Oh, okay. Uh, I bought one from uh, Breeze uh, about. 15 years ago. Brian uh, Breeze, Kyle. Absolutely. And uh, he had already moved up to Memphis, but we were meeting up at the Philadelphia, Mississippi uh, Casino. Mm -hmm. I would have gigs up there with uh, Jimmy Jarrett, the piano player who I met through Chris Gill in Jackson, Mississippi. And and Jimmy and I would be playing up there, and, and Breeze would be playing there, and so I hooked up with buying one of his old clarinets, and... uh, but yeah, I started on tenor saxophone, and I love tenor, and uh, yeah, absolutely love, fell you, in love with it. You, you got pretty good pretty fast, I'm imagining. <sighs> no, no, okay. I'm still trying to get good. Well, oh, no, uh, Tom, no, st- I, uh, yeah, look, and Tom, I, Tom, I, I spent hours. Man. I, I did when I was young, right over there on Pine Street. You, you could ask the people that lived there. I would spend hours practicing because I heard about Coltrane. You know, uh-huh. practicing for hours. And, and I was, anyways, so, I did some summer music programs with the Marcellus Brothers at Loyola. You know, I'd go to Loyola uh-huh. for summer music programs. But once I got out of McMain and went to Gateway, they, didn't ha- they did not have music programs. So I would have to find some other music programs. And uh, as soon as I got accepted to, uh, going into my junior year, I got accepted to NOCA. And that's when my parents decided to move to the Gulf Coast because uh, five of their seven kids had been arrested for some, one thing or another, okay. me included. Right. <laughs> so I had to move. You're listening to all I, I had Hendrix. to come back every weekend to study saxophone and, you know, oh, really, score you're, weed. You're or commuting whatever. back and forth. Yeah. Oh, good for you, man. Don't recommend that. No, no. But uh, From Mississippi? To from, from Pass Christian, yeah. Oh, God. I had moved to Pass Christian and went, started at the public school until I got a spanking and my mom offered me a, a go to go to another school you know because yeah. I got baited into a fight and so we got got you know the choice of being suspended or getting lashes I said what is lashes oh Jesus I said, you know I said so using corporal what is lashes yeah the guy holds up a paddle is like oh yeah I'll take that you know oh man jeez well, there's schools here that uh, they Give tried to get more. rid of paddling. It wasn't that St. Aug school that when they tried to get rid of paddling, the, the I never been they just the parents were like the outraged. alumni was was outraged. They, yeah, yeah, how right. dare you? Yeah. you ruin our kids if we if 
we can't yeah. uh, use corporal punishment. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat them, man. Well, so so were you studying with somebody uh, in New Orleans oh, at that time? When I was, you know, when I was at McMain, just starting on saxophone, Alvin Batiste would show up and do a oh. jazz workshop. Uh-huh. So I learned a blues scale with Alvin Batiste nice. in after school. And Miles Wright was there. Okay. And uh, it, it, I know Miles Wright was there because many years later he gave me a picture of me playing at the Jazz Fest w- with that group, the Alvin Batiste workshop. Really? With Miles Wright. And I was one of a few white people in the like 20 piece, uh-huh. f- bunch of 14 year old, 15 year old, 12 right. year old. Well, that was a, a, a great opportunity to, to fall into, man. Alvin was crazy, Batiste, yeah. holy cow. I wish man. I had followed up on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I try, I studied with a kid, Jordan, for a little while, but he had too many students at the university. He had to let me go. Yeah. So I studied, ended up studying with a lot of students at Loyola. Well, now, kid is, is when, when he plays out his, his own stuff, he plays primarily mm. free. But, yeah. but he's really a great... You know, trained saxophone player, he can can play anything. Technician, I never heard anybody play more even scales and evenly. You know, the technical aspect, like you said, of of blowing exercises was just amazing. It just blew my mind. Uh, So yeah, he had it going on. So so uh, you know you graduate from high school and and then you you uh, gravitate back to the Loyola Jazz Program. As soon as I got out of high school, you know, and I was literally coming back to New Orleans every weekend. And it might have been out of the two years I was over there, I might have stayed there one or two weekends hmm. in in Mississippi. Uh, and so, by after high school, I, w- I went to summer seven weeks up at berkeley school of music you know there's summer program up there my sister does classical piano teaches classical at tulane right now uh joni she uh she and i went took a ride up to boston and and we did seven week program up in berkeley nice and that was a trip yeah that was a trip uh Probably should have stayed there. Was that a, a shock to <laughs> I see? I came back to Loyola and went to Loyola. <laughs> you, you feel like you're in over your head or something in, at Berkeley? Is a lot of no, no, okay. no, no. I was. Uh, I, I liked. Uh, I really liked the um, atmosphere of practice. All you know, really dedicate yourself to the to the art of playing and practicing and studying. You know, and, and whereas New Orleans, you know, it's. You do some practicing and playing, and then you get high, and then you get high again. <laughs> you do some more practicing, then you get high. Okay, right, right. I right. think they were getting high up in Berkeley, too. <laughs> I'm sure they yeah, were. I, think so. I got a great story about that. Yeah. We were driving through the combat zone. It was my roommate's. It's like the day before July 4th, and it was his birthday. And so I'm out in the combat zone in Boston, which is insane. It's like Bourbon Street, except without any redeeming qualities. It's, <laughs> you know, know it's just the pimps and the whores. And, 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 and we're in a vehicle, and we, we're looking at everything outside the window so much that we bump into the car in front of us, which is a paddy wagon. Mm. And the cop gets out and says, so you want to go to jail? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. And I'm, I'm in the back seat sitting next to a, a ice chest full of empty beer cans. Full of empty beer cans. We were wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some reason, I guess because we're white we and young kids, punks, we didn't go to jail or he yeah, didn't want to deal with us. Let y'all slide. 
we were all yes sir no sir I mean, right. the, you learn that in new orleans uh, i grew up uptown it's like they you know they got the power they got all the power and it's yes and no sir and you know Whatever sure, you say. sure, yeah, just uh, yeah, but that doesn't work much anymore. Nah, the cops will just kill you anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, that doesn't work much anymore. Hopefully, you know, we'll survive. And and there's a lot of good ones. New Orleans wouldn't be what it is without really a lot of good policemen. Uh, which, you know, the for just the Mardi Gras itself for them to put up what they put up with. We used to drink and drive all the freaking time. And, you know, growing up in New Orleans, you know, in Mardi Gras, it was practically legal. Right, mm-hmm. right. And uh, just as long as you weren't running over people or Yeah, as long as you don't run into out. anything. Yeah, yeah, b- yeah, yeah. Before the blackout, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I saw that uh, last last year. I don't recommend that to anybody. No, no, no. I know you don't. I saw that last year, I think they had uh, 61 DWI arrests for the whole year in Orleans Jesus. Parish. Oh, so it's, come on. It's like one a one You could do that in half a, a day. One a week, you know. Yeah. So the odds are definitely. Uh, you know, well, they get, there's nobody uh, to police. Now there's no police. There's no police. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. the numbers are great for that. Right, right. I mean, and every day I see someone doing a traffic, uh, illegal iPhones traffic. are kind of led to no, yeah, all Oh, of yeah, that. no, people are driving like crazy. But uh, but but anyway, they're, that's, uh, they're yeah. going, go, but, uh, going easy on everybody out there. Yeah, I just think there, there was a certain amount of... You know, and then it got really crazy with the in the seventies and eighties with some of the cops being really bad. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, just right. out out there running around like gangs. Oh yeah, no, well it's yeah the the cops were uh, their own gang for, exactly. for a good long time in in the eighties uh, and nineties in New Orleans. But now they're just a club. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more of a club. Yeah, it's just more of a club. We love the police. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, so so you uh, you you don't go to Berkeley. You go to to uh, Loyola, Loyola. Uh, run by uh, the great Joe Abear. So when, when I get down here, okay. when I get down here after being up there, uh, Charlie Comar calls me up, or somehow we get in contact, and I had barely knew him, mm-hmm. but he had friends. He had these two friends. Uh, Emily Rimler and uh, oh, man. Yeah. and uh, Ma- Mazikowski. Steve, Steve. Mazikowski yeah, and, and so Emily we Rimler, did a little yeah. jam before I started school. Oh, we, nice. I got together with Charlie, Emily, and Steve Mazikowski to have a jam session. Man, all monsters. Man. And I had been listening to Charlie Parker all summer, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I cannot play like Charlie Parker, but uh, I, I don't know the theory behind it or anything. You know, it's like you know, I didn't at the time, uh-huh. but I was still trying to mimic him. Right. And so at this rehearse, you know, at this jam session, I'm trying to play like Charlie Parker without any, you know, just, just try to move the fingers around a lot. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> were you doing lots of heroin to mimic him too? <laughs> No, I tried to stay away from heroin as best as I could. You know, I really did because I saw that uh, that was best as you. That didn't really work for him. (laughs) It it didn't work for Charlie too much. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't pan out in the long run. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I want to get into all the rest of of, you know your your career. Get you out there with with, uh, Walter Wolfman Washington, but uh, Manny, I think it's uh, time for us to take a break. Okay. Yeah. Is that that time? Yep. We take a break. Break time. I know all about your break time. Yeah, you know. Uh, and the troubled nation knows about it. So, so we like to say we'll be right back.
we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. Tom Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. Well, Tom, uh, I know I know you're you're kind of uh, new to the podcast, but you're diving in in a big way. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you're familiar with our our sponsorship dilemma. You you know we're uh, we're back to our original sponsor, Loose Change. You need a GoFundMe, I think. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, it's 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 basically that, but uh, you know, without all the the uh, the the uh, constraints. GoFundMe, they have all kind of rules, uh, and uh, the, I, I don't know is, about we're, rules. We're keeping it uh, free form here, you know. You we go. have, we're, we're just, it's a dr- go fuck me. It's, it's, it's a go, go fuck me fund, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it's a, a direct appeal to the listeners, uh, and, okay. and uh, for all uh, seven of them. Yes, yeah, yeah. All, so you know, you got to double up, people, and uh, the yeah. curly mo Larry and curly mo right, right, curly Larry, right, right, uh, curly Joe. Uh, uh, Three or four of them are seem to be doing the the uh, the the most heavy lifting, but we're we're looking to open it up to the the wider audience and and uh, to that end we have the PayPal and the Venmo links in the the show notes of every show as well as in the uh, the pinned Facebook post. So uh, please uh, avail yourselves of those links. Uh, support the podcast uh, as you're listening to all these terrific guests that we're bringing you week in week out. Have the uh, Patreon page. You can sign up and be a patron. It takes all the guesswork out of your support. I'd like to thank all those continued uh, patrons. Again, uh, uh, follow us on social media. Uh, share it with your friends. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Give us five stars. Uh, helps us out. Uh, we have the Trouble Men podcast T-shirts, as always, still available. And uh, you know, although he's he, we're trying to get him back as a sponsor, but uh, for right now, he's just a, a an old friend. Uh, the Brant Ryder has the uh, Great Escape Baking Company. They have the CBD and and uh, Delta Eight cookies and, and brownies and the. What is that? The healing dragon. Uh, He's getting married in a few weeks. Oh, I thought he was married already. Okay. No, he was married. They got a, divi- a divorce. Okay. Because his wife caught him cheating with some Asian woman. <laughs> well, but, uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm sure but, he's sure he's happy about uh, about uh, having all that on. And the she's podcast. not albino either. Okay, well, that's... Uh, um, right. But yeah, he's, I, I'm happy for him. Okay, he's so, a good guy. Yeah, yeah. We, his, we, this girl's fact, his, his new wife is fantastic. Nice, nice. Yeah. So shout out to Brant Ryder. And, uh, you know, if anybody's got any arthritis or uh, any aches and pains, uh, mm-hmm, check out that yeah. Healing Dragon liniment. It's, oh, it's so good. It's uh, ancient Chinese It doesn't really secret. help my back... But it helps my knees and my hands a lot. Okay. Well, it yeah. might help somebody else's back. But yeah. uh, check that out. They'll have the, the uh, link to that in the show notes. And, and uh, the bachelor party's coming up soon. You might be in the neighborhood because you're okay. going to be in New York. Okay. Maybe well, you could go to his bachelor party. Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want to... Uh, you could jump out of the cake, Renee. Oh, that <laughs> sounds yeah. perfect for me. Um, so yeah, we do have the, uh, the Troubled 1-5 promo code. He'll give you fifteen uh, percent off of that uh, healing dragon or anything else on the the Great Escape Baking Company website. The link will be right there. Um, uh, and uh, again, uh, uh, the John Grow dates, John Papa Grow. I'll be out there in the Northeast. I'll post all those on my own Facebook page. Come, come see me. Tell me hello. And that seems like enough of that for now. Let's get back to our guest, Mr. Tom Fitzpatrick. 
Now, uh, Tom, wake up, Tom. <laughs> wait yet, wait yet. I'm, I'm ready, bro. Right, I'm ready right, to go. I saw you, saw you staring in the distance there. Anyway, Are you just thinking about Matt soda? Booth? No, no, no. That's uh, that's 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 our regular uh, vodka and soda. Well, why did he give us a can of soda? In case I want to put more soda into my drink. It's, uh, you need more soda? Sometimes I might like, if the drink is too strong, I might, uh, you know, add a little soda to stretch the drink I've out never seen you do this down. before. Uh, Manny Chevrolet. I, I, I asked him to do it last week, and then Manny now he now gives me one every time. Really? Yeah, anyway... Uh, so, so Tom, so you you you, uh, you go through uh, two or three years at at, uh, at Loyola Music Program. I did three years. Okay. My girlfriend got pregnant. We got married, and we got a beautiful boy. Yes. Born January first, nineteen eighty. Jordan. I remember Jordan. I remember Jordan. Yeah. Jordan as a boy, because I went to Loyola a few years after you had had left, and but I would still uh, uh, we would. You lived on Calhoun Street. Right. I remember being at your yeah. house many times with Skiles Kelly. And, oh yeah, Skiles, and, uh, my he, man. He lived right down the the street, and we were all at Loyola. And again, I I met you on the phone. Uh, yeah, been, been yeah. aware of you. You had uh, I forgot about I all that. I think you had Chris Lackanac playing in the Misfits. Absolutely, and, and, we, and the bass player was uh, uh, Roy Dubose. Roy Dubose, great great bass player. I, I love some, playing somebody was, with Roy. Somebody's telling me Roy doesn't play music anymore. He's out in California. Uh, he moved to Dallas. This is oh, the last thanks. I heard, but uh, I, I don't know what happened. He might have moved to California after that. Who I don't knows? Know. Anyway, shout out to Roy Dubos. He was an excellent Maybe he grew player. up and got out of the Right, right. right. <laughs> 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 he left it behind. So, so you, you have, uh, you know, you're, you're a band leader early on. You have Tom Fitz yeah. and the Misfits, and, and you play in a number of different groups. But then you, uh, you pretty quickly, like 1987, uh, find yourself in the Walter Washington band. Now, how, do, how does that happen? So I was selling potato chips for Charles Chips from se late 79. You know, I needed to get a job where I could play music and, and, and you know, and... And shuck and jive, right? And and selling Charles chips was like, you know, it wasn't stock and shells. It was going to people's houses right. and going to businesses. I and, knew another musician that and, worked for Charles and chips, hanging out and, uh, and this guitar player pushing cookies uh, and. Do you know the guitar player that worked for uh, for Charles chips? I don't know. No. Anyway, so continue on. So yeah, I did that from like seventy nine, late seventy nine or eighty through eighty six, and you know, I was really getting bad at it. And my boss at one point, I come worse. in with a hangover. <laughs> One day, and he looks at me and says, "You ever thought about doing something else?" <laughs> I, was like, uh, I was like, "Yeah, I need to think about getting in, back into you know, and I'm playing music all the while. You know, it was like it, while I was doing this job, I was I, I knew I was going to be a musician. I was just doing this to you know, to my son was coming up. You know, right, right, one supporting to six, your family, you know, sure, yeah, supporting the family." to about uh, six years old and it was like no I need to join a band and uh, so I started looking around town seeing who which band I should join should I join Charmaine Neville band or should I uh -huh. <laughs> try and get it with what band should I join you know it was like and I really loved Walter what he was doing you know I showed up with tips once I had sat in with him once before and Anyway, I uh, had a few run-ins, but never anything serious. And I finally decided, you know, I need to try and join a, a band and play some music uh, seriously. Mm -hmm. And um, so I decided to buy his record and try and join his band. 
you know, right around. Uh huh. Now he had just kind of started. December he'd, of '86. He'd yeah. been a side man with with like Irma Thomas and and uh, Johnny Adams. Yeah, he had been playing with Johnny with a bunch Adams of different people. and had his own group. Uh, right. So I remember seeing his his group, and they all had dashikis, like yeah, in the late '70s or early '80s okay. at the Jazz Fest. Right. Right. And and, and they were wild and. Uh, he gr- recorded that great album in '81, you know, uh, for for Hepcat, no, for for Hep Me Records, Senator Jones. Uh-huh. And uh, anyways, January 9th of '87, I I had already gone to see him at the the previous Tuesday at Benny's Bar, and sat in with him. I knew Jack Cruz in the band. I knew Timothea, and uh, and so I kind of had some people pulling for me to join the group uh-huh. uh was, know, did he have any horn players in no the band at that time? no he okay. had no horns it, it, he had this trumpet player that was basically a drug dealer and okay. uh <laughs> <laughs> and they got drugs from him for free i'm sure yeah but, uh, yeah, yeah big blues stew we love him all right and he had a catchphrase uh, do you have his number by any <laughs> he's he dead uh oh, he's he dead. died yeah he, he had a heart attack on i-10 um a pontchartrain overpass or whatever it is right, he was right. walking god bless him you know he was a sweet character but uh he was hilarious as well big blue stew he was like why is this guy on stage playing with these great musicians you know that's when uh-huh. you look you look up at Chipatinas or uh-huh. jazz fest and you say uh-huh. what is he doing because he would start playing a solo <laughs> uh-huh. no matter was somebody was singing the first verse second verse or or walter was going into a guitar solo if he decided he wanted to play trumpet he was like Oh, he just started playing. It was like, it was like <laughs> Al heard on crack or something. Right, right. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> and it was so hilarious. But and it was my job to tame him to try and try and get him to focus on the horn part. Play as a section, okay. Yeah. So that was partly my job. And uh, anyway, so it was. I went out on the Sunday night at Charlie's Medallion. Said, you know, obviously got the point that I was trying to join his band because uh-huh. I showed up two gigs in a row. Uh-huh. <laughs> And and was learn I had learned a, mu- a bunch right. of the music. You know, I got his album, uh, the his first rounder album. Right. So yeah. Anyway, I learned a bunch of those tunes, and uh, so he was like, you know, you want to join the group? He's like, he took me outside and talked with me and gave me a bite or whatever, bit me on the neck. And t- oh really? Like, <laughs> maybe he bit me. I jumps you in. Like, like, what in the hell is this guy? Interesting. It's okay. like. I don't know if he bit me or not, but uh, he might have. It might have waited till later to bite me. It was uh, like okay. might not have happened. I now. like the story though. That's good. But yeah, he bites. He he he's very known for biting people that he likes. So so Jack Cruz was in the band at that time. Now Jack Cruz, Jesus Christ, were those guys? Uh, he joined the band a year before me in '86. Man, man, that's a guy that's just just been there the whole time. Huh? Oh, he yeah, he didn't take any time off for good yeah. behavior at all. I took a. <laughs> I quit a couple of times. So, so, so at that time, I mean, so when I was seeing you guys, uh, um, you know, just really just a couple of years later, uh, like in the early '90s, at, at that time when I started playing with the Iguanas, the Iguanas had every Sunday night at the Maple Leaf, right. and Walter and, and y'all had every, every Saturday, Saturday night. night. Rock and Doopsy was on Friday, and 
at that time, you had Jack Cruz, you had uh, Junkyard, Junkyard Dog, Dog on drums. Yeah. Uh, was Dave Ellington on piano yeah. or something? Yeah, Dave was there on piano. Larry Carter joined later on Trump trumpet larry carter and then dave woodard later on now now that was a hard party in band man and, oh, and yeah. you were saying how how sometimes uh jack would 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 be at at the maple leaf jack. on sunday night at our gig and he had never left the maple I Leaf. you could tell me some stories about <laughs> that well well i was gonna say like, about that i don't want to name any names but i know that that band at one time uh, one of the guys in the band got a DWI on the way to the gig. Like you know, oh, you've yeah. heard of, you remember heard of, that gig? Y'all, of, y'all played our benefit. Oh, did, did to, we? To get him out of jail. Okay, <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't and, remember that. And, but at the kind of surprise you when you found out. Yeah. You, were, you weren't all into it, I don't think. You know, when you find out what they got busted for. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> I know a guy who got a DWI driving in it a was, parking lot. Uh, they got busted going through Hattiesburg at 90 miles an hour with seven grams of cocaine. And, oh, man. And their, their original bond, bond was like a million dollars or some stupid like that. It was like $700,000, $300,000. jeez. And then they lowered it after about two weeks, and they were able to get out. We hired them the best lawyer, uh-huh. you know, that you could possibly find. You know, somebody related to the judge, you know, yeah. somebody like that. Sure. He was like the best lawyer that you could get, you know. Right. And uh, happened to be Jack girlfriend, you know, had gone to law school with him or something. Oh, okay. Uh, at Ole Miss. Inside you know, track. It, it was Mose Allison's daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Nice. Mose Allison's daughter, and uh, she's a sweetheart. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys are there uh, every Saturday night, but also uh, playing all the time and then going on the road, right? Uh, I mean, at, at this time... Yeah, we're, we did better in Canada at that time before they stopped letting us in. Um, so we had some good gigs up north in New York. And they stopped letting you in. Why'd they stop letting you in <laughs> in Canada? <laughs> uh, More we, used, we would play in New York at the uh, Texas Club, the Lone Star. Lone Star, sure. Oh, yeah, that was a trip. The Lone Star in New York. And, uh, now, was Walter, like, uh, keeping pace with y'all or, or, or just uh, uh, very... Keeping pace. He set the pace. He set the pace. <laughs> <Okay>. Keeping pace. <laughs> okay. When I joined that band, I had stopped smoking weed at the age of 18. Uh, <laughs> and I joined the band about 28. And I had to relearn how to smoke weed <laughs> and function. You never really forget, though. <laughs> like riding a bike? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, I had to relearn how to do that and function. But, yeah, it was pretty hard partying. And uh, Benny, Benny's band. bar. Yeah, Benny's bar. We played band. an hour after everybody left. Yeah. Tuesday nights. We'd play to 4 in the morning. Everybody's going by 2.30. Y'all just had to get your energy out. We had we had to expend our energy <laughs> right, that we had right. paid for. Sure, you sure, know, sure. If you yeah. pay for it, you gotta. Now, right. why weren't you allowed in Canada? <laughs> oh, um, some people had some records yeah, like yeah. DUIs. They uh, don't they don't let anybody in. You got to get through special papers and all. Yeah, kind yeah, of they're very strict up there, man. We ended up doing a gig in Calgary without Walter. Oh man, that was sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show up without the. We leader. got some good people. I mean, it was a blues festival, so they got right, some right. Good band still, but uh, <coughs> good guys uh, sit in. But it wasn't our band, right? And just like we did the, actually, we're able to do that gig that night in uh, Montgomery, uh, Birmingham. Oh, okay. 
we were on the way to Birmingham at Zydeco's, and uh, when Walter got busted and Jack got busted, we had to hire a bass player and a, a guitar player. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Get oh, everybody their money back and all of that. At some point, you, you wind up taking a little hiatus. When, when was that? Uh, right before uh, Hurricane Katrina. Okay, now 2005, was... I, I uh, had a little falling out with Walter. I got tired of playing uh, Use Me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and no, it was a lot of things. And it was, you know, my issue is like, I was just, I needed to get out and do some other stuff for a while. Okay. I love Walter and I, I, I always love Walter. He was sweetheart. When you joined his band, you were joining the family. Yeah. And uh, you know how families are. Sometimes you fight with your family members. Sure. Junkyard nearly killed me a couple of times. Oh, did he? <laughs> and I, I, I'm sure I precipitated it. I, I put my foot in it as sometimes literally and, yeah. and figuratively. Okay. So let me ask you something. <coughs> Going back to these potato chips, that, they don't sell those chips. Charles anymore. chips in the cans, man. Those yeah, were good. Yeah, we used to get those. Yeah, they, yeah. They, don't, they don't sell those anymore. When did they go out of business? The, the Toll House cookies that I sold, they didn't have all the cookies that were supposed to be in that can <laughs> i have to say <laughs> if i sold you a can <laughs> so you're a door-to-door food salesman might have been a little we light. had routes and they would you know the route lady would call the day before see if somebody wanted something you, you didn't waste time and it, right yeah, yeah we used you. to get them yeah they deliver them to your house like yeah, they used to deliver milk yeah i went i just came from joey k's with had a family get together there and uh, i used to deliver potato chips there joey okay. k's uh I used to go down to Chalmette, and it was south of Chalmette on, on Wednesdays. I just remembered who the guy was. Steve Hughes was a guitar player oh, who, that who, who worked for, for Charles Chips for years name. and years. And, and, you know, Steve Hughes played guitar with my father, but then after that, he was, it was like uh, Alan Toussaint's regular guitar player. Wow. And, and then, then later, he was like the, the, the Dixie Cups band leader uh, okay. at one time. So anyway, Charles Chips was, uh, was, had a great Craig affinity Rod- for Craig the- Roden played with him a lot. Or still does. Oh, okay. Dixie Cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One he, of those, he one produced those our album away. Seda uh, okay. for Point Virgin Point Blank. Okay. So how many? You had that one kid that you were trying to support with the potato <laughs> chips. Yeah. Do you have any more kids? Yeah, I married a woman who had two kids, and so uh, we've been together ever since. It, and I got together with her on January first, nineteen eighty-seven, and I joined Walter's band on the ninth. Oh, wow. Nine days later, so wow. we were like. You gotta, I just got together with her and like starting a whole later. new chapter. You, you got a whole new life. You, you got a good good mind for dates. I can't remember dates like that. It's, uh, we had another guest recently that was quoting dates like that. I asked him if he was a little bit Rain Man or something. When, when you start with your woman on the on New Year's Eve, then yeah, yeah, it's I hard guess, to forget that. Sure, and yeah, then yeah. nine days later, you join a band that okay. you were with thirty years. Right. Right. Sure. So, I, yeah, I got out of the band and I tried to play with Smile and Myron for a bit, but that wasn't supporting my habit, you know. Uh huh. Like, Your <laughs> habit I mean, of, it of, was eating of, of eating? Of eating. Feeding your yeah. family. Uh-huh. Feeding the family. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, so at some point you. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the family. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was studying to be a nurse. She became a nurse in '93. Thank God. Yeah. Poor lady. Well, that's a good, uh, I love my wife, that's a good She's then. a sweetheart. She works at a hospital, She's right? supported me through all of this bullshit. Right. She's got the keys, too, right? She's What's got it? the keys. Keys Key- to, the, to, the, to the drug bin, to you're the saying? Drug bin. Oh, no. I don't, 
I, I was so grateful we didn't make it big. That's because otherwise I would have been in trouble back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. You think if yeah. you'd had more money, it could have been could have gone <laughs> yeah, really. It would have gone really south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we had really made it big, you know, which was my dream. Right. You know, to, I was working hard for us to make to, to make, make enough money to kill yourself. Get my wife off uh-huh. my back. Pay somebody <laughs> to take care of your kids. Three kids by now, and then uh-huh. and then. Uh, you know, Go out and, and then stay high. And okay, it, right. But in 95, that door shut and all of that, so I got clean and sober in 95. In 95, okay. Yeah. And, uh, uh, okay. I've been a quitter ever since. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> now, now you're a guy, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, get clean and then they can't be around uh, people oh, that are Oh, I was around it the next and, day, man. Yeah, yeah. I was in the club the next day and I okay. was like... I had a, a friend come out from uh, one of those non-mentionable things, and uh, mm-hmm. they, he came out to help me get through the night. Uh, with a, you know, so it was I, I got I found the support I needed. Is basically what I'm saying. I found nice. a support system, and uh, and and uh, crazy motherfuckers, crazy people just like me that are trying a new path and and having success at it. Yeah. You know, and I loved it, and I be, I, I I came to really love it. Uh, is as much as I loved vodka and cocaine, you know, right I, I love this even more. And I, I oh. never stopped loving, you know, I never, but it was a delusion for me. You know, it was like, yeah. ro- I call it romance and the delusion. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, you know, you got to find, you got to do what works for you. you yeah, know? It, I, and it I worked, don't preach it. It, it I, I worked definitely until don't it didn't it. work, as they say. So you, you know? discovered I only, porn. I, I only I preach it to myself. I don't preach it to anybody right, else. Right, right. Well, we dig that. You know, it's like, I, I, I know some people who uh, they get sober and then uh, it's got to be for everybody. Right. They can't stand to see somebody with yeah. a drink. And I always think... Man, how tenuous is your sobriety if you can't even see somebody across the room with a beer in their hand? Different people have different limits, what they can go through, and and, and, and different levels of commitment to... To surrendering their old ego, and the you know it's like you have to surrender all that old ego. I had to surrender a lot of yeah. what I what I thought I my whole being was. My whole oh. being was all about getting high and playing music, it, or getting high to get the money to get. I mean, playing music to get high. To, to, to get the money to get high, right? Yeah, right, right, I can't right. even say it right sure, now. Sure, sure, sure. Are you fucked up? It's right all that now? water, man. He's, he's, you I sound drink a, a little lot of iced up. coffee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Drink a lot. Of, all right. Well, and and I know you've actually uh, helped a lot of other guys who 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 wound up getting sideways with uh, with substances and stuff. You know, every you're, one of them helped me too. Yeah. All right, all right. And well, I know now uh, Jack Cruz is uh, is is all cleaned up now. And uh, yeah, good. he's doing a lot better than he was. I, I'm. Hundred percent on that. Nice, and, uh, nice. I, I, I fully support his program. Well, and I appreciate. He's doing well. He's doing really well. He's man, recording what, his. What a great uh, bass player, Granddaughter. He's, he's been recording his granddaughter. She's an amazing songwriter and singer. Uh, she must be about thirteen or so. Okay. She's just a tr- ne- next generation of yeah. lives ruined. <laughs> Exposed in the music business. <laughs> and, and he's a good. He he gets into engineering some good stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, Jack's terrific, man. Um, I love Jack Cruz. So you're away from the band for a few years, uh, but then you you get back in the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got out in 05, but I any time they called, needed a sub, I would you know I would show up and do a gigs with them, and and I finally talked my way back into the band in around 2013. Okay. Um, 
and Jimmy was on the way. Jimmy Carpenter was on the way out. He's getting ready to move, and he was becoming a superstar. And uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> it was, was only Vegas. room for one superstar on that stage. <laughs> Walt the Wolfman. Right, right. And right. I love him. Uh, anyway, so you know that's their issue. And uh, but Jimmy, I, w- I really love that Jimmy supported him through all those years that I left. That he really filled, came in and did a great job. And, right and uh and it's it's not just playing a horn it's like supporting the group in many ways sure yeah everybody brings something different you know so, some 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 guys would be like well that guy's the weakest person in the band it's like well in what respect you know without that guy this band doesn't even exist you know that's what people don't understand about band alchemy Dynamics, you know it's yeah. it's like uh you know for whatever reason, what the, whatever that guy does, the spiritual he, leader. Yeah, yeah, he he he's the the mediator, or you exactly. know, he's he's the sergeant at He's arms. the drug dealer. He's the drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, it could be yeah. a, a many many different uh, uh, skills you can bring to it. Well, so bust so, up and have a ball. So, that was Big Blue Stew's line. Yeah. Bust up and have a ball. So so you you get back in the band 2013. Walter must have been thrilled to have have you back in there. I was not his best friend at the time. Okay. Did uh, he bite you again? Uh, <laughs> he was like it took him a while to trust me, you know. I don't know. It's like Cause I you quit were him twice already. Because you were clean and sober. Oh, when I got sober, he told me I was not in the in crowd anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> Absolutely. I was not in the in crowd. <laughs> You're square I, now. <laughs> which, at that point, I had stopped getting loaded with him for years before that because I was tired of hearing about uh, his philosophy, which you could record it for a minute and replay it, and it would... It's the Pretty same much thing. The same thing. <laughs> well, you you want to you want to you want to share it with us. Walter and I had a, a musical relationship. That's the beautiful thing about Walter and me. We it was a musical relationship all those years, and we'd look at each other on stage. If he dropped his pick, I would pick it up, put it in his hand. You know, I'd I, in the beginning. At one point, he gave me all the business. I booked all the band, all the gigs. I did all the tour managing. I did set up the PA, you know, when I needed to. Uh, I did every thing, you know. And yeah. He didn't want me to get a penny extra for it either. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Anyways, God is good, and uh, so you know, it's it's an interesting story. We had some amazing time, like. Lonesome Pine special, and when we played up there, uh, it's a televised thing. You can see it on YouTube. Lonesome Pine special, and this other uh, Rebirth was there doing the taping for their show at the same time. Okay, so, and they were all in their teens at that time. You know? Right, I was like twenty eight, twenty nine, and they were like in the seventeen Kermits up there. Uh huh. It was wild. You know, it was fun. Right. Anyways, you asked me a question, nice, and nice. I got off the track. No, that's okay. No, we like that. We like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at getting off the track. No, that's that's the, you're on the right but podcast. I love Walter. It's like we really had a great uh, musical uh, relationship. And, and now, is he yeah, still I, around? He well, died recently. Well, Walter he just, just passed away like December 22nd, huh? Something oh, like really? That. Yeah, right around Christmas time, which is right, right like, when Junkyard. He wasn't on the show, was he? No, no, we never had Walter on the uh, show. Would have loved to have get, gotten oh, him on. But now, What uh, did he play? His guitar player. Guitar, oh, I'm singer. Singer. i never seen him before. I, I understand, man. Yeah, ter- ter- terrific guitar player and singer. You know, the uh, when I was like... Still hanging around with Alex Chilton, we we were playing on Bourbon Street one day, and we we're walking down the street, and 
we stop and we're, we're listening to Walter play. This must have been like 1984 or something. Walter's playing, and we're listening to him, and he's he's doing this tune, "Save Your Love." And Alex Alex goes, "Man, that's a great tune, man." I'm still I, playing I, that I, song. I've never heard this song before, and I said, "Oh, I know this song. This is from a Nancy Wilson Cannonball Adderley record." And he goes, "Oh, really?" I said, "Yeah, my father has this record." He's like, oh, man, I love that. So he went over to, to the West Bank and got my father's record. <laughs> More like Bobby Bland style, I think. Yeah, but Bobby, well, I think, did a version, didn't he? I don't know. I haven't heard Bobby that. Bobby Bland. But I mean, anyway. A beautiful song. So, But, but yeah, we, we, we started playing that as part of our regular live set, and we got it from Walter. Oh, I mean, that's it, yeah. that's the one. Years later, I was playing with Mooney over in, in Europe, and Walter was on that tour, and we were hanging out at the, the hotel bar, and I was like, he, Walter had a guitar. And he was like playing tunes, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, remember that tune, Save Your Love?" And he goes, "Oh yeah!" And he just immediately went into it. Such a beautiful tune. I love playing it. That's, yeah, I put on the one album I recorded with my band. I, I, I got it on my album. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just not on any digital format. Okay. Uh, I mean, other than the CD, it's on. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's, it's not on online. It's not on anywhere. media. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So uh, you know, Walter passed away. That's a, it's a, a huge hole, man. I I, I yeah, can't imagine. I miss him so much, man. After he after was a sweetheart, after all that time. But now, so so y'all had the uh, the Wednesday night at at DBA for years. Walter had yeah. that gig. So I saw that the the Roadmasters are now. Are y'all going to be playing that that we, that gig? I was just talking about that. Uh, he before he passed, they booked us for January with Chris, the idea that Christian was going to do just January Wednesdays, and then he passed away, and so it seemed like a little bit disrespectful that we were playing, you know, uh, the day of his funeral. I mean, literally that night we had our first Wednesday there, and it was just it didn't feel right, but it. You know the show's got to go on. If you book the show and you the show must go show's on, show's got to go on. You know that's you know. A, Walter would uh, Walter agree with w- that. He would understand Absolutely. that. Absolutely, <laughs> Walter would have played it <laughs> if he could. Yeah, I loved him, man. And, and so you know we had been doing the show because Walter had been too sick to do it. So we were doing it with Christian, and so they booked that just for the month of Monday. I mean the Wednesdays in January and. Uh, the only other time we have is Jazz Fest coming up. We got a, you know, like a memorial concert at Jazz Fest on a Thursday uh, in the Blues Tent. Okay. They're going to do a dedication where they're going to have one of those big figures in the, behind the Congo, you know, right, right, way back in the area where they put the passed away figures, a right. great memorial, musician's yeah, memorial. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going to have a little, you know, we're going to go and do a little thing for a dedication for that and mm-hmm. then they're gonna do an interview at Allison Minor stage with Jack Me and Mem Shannon and then we're playing uh, with a lot of different people like Ivan Neville's gonna play Ivan Cyril uh, maybe Irma maybe John Cleary you know whoever's gonna come eat every right. play one song or whatever uh-huh. we'll back them up yeah. nice nice and uh, Wolfman show yeah man I love Wolfman. He had a great heart. He his big influences like obviously Ray Charles and Bobby Bland and Johnny Guitar Watts and Ohio Players. And, you know he had that funky soul and yeah, joining man, that group soul, and his jazz group was so beautiful too. You know it was like uh, just everything I wanted in joining a band is in those. It's like yeah, 
at, for many years, there was no other band in the world that I would rather play in. Nice. Man, no. no. Didn't, didn't you play with last week's guest? Did, didn't you say that? You oh, yeah. Well, your name has come up recently. First, we had uh, Dirk Billy on, and, and, and he mentioned, uh, we were talking about like first bands that he was playing with at Luigi's, and your name right. first came up. Yeah, we played there. And then we had uh, Allison Young on last week, and she was oh, talking about- Allison, uh, I was in the distractions. Your that name, was my band. Your name came up, yeah, yeah. again. Uh, right. I Allison love and, Allison. And, she was tra crazy. We were all crazy back then. Right, right. Well, so Allison's back in town and uh, the song That's dogs wonderful. her band is, is uh doing some playing a french yeah, quarter I wanted, fest i wanted to talk about mondays we had rehearsal out at, by sid mars jim Gennaro, his house was right next to sid mars in bucktown uh-huh and then we would go straight to the uh dream palace because that's where the early formation of the subdues was playing they called the continental drifters right right and when they you know, and it, it, I heard y'all talking about him with uh, whoever Dirk or somebody. And I, when I first saw him, they had Michael Polera was playing with him for like one or two gigs. Okay, it, just for songwriting purposes. They had the Eric Brothers on horns, Eric Traub and Eric Langstaff. Oh, okay. And uh, Kenny Blevins, Vernon Rome, and it was badass. And one of my favorite songs ever was "Wide Load." Yeah. Uh, when and uh. Subdudes recorded it. it didn't sound nearly as good as back then when they had Eric Traub and Eric Langstaff playing it. Man, Eric Traub, what a what a monster, man! <laughs> I was thinking about uh, you know tenor players that that are gone. You know, I had like Eric Traub, Jerry yeah. Jumanville. Oh, and and so you know, recently somebody came up with all these photographs from the night that Bruce Springsteen came and sat in with the iguanas at the Maple Leaf. That same night. Uh, Jerry Jumanville was there. You were there. There are photographs of four tenors. You, Jerry, uh, and the two Iguana uh, yeah, saxophone players. I didn't know that that was the same night, but was, maybe I got there later after the, he had left. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was the same night, man. It's some tremendous uh, uh, photographs of the four of y'all, four tenors playing with the Iguanas, man. And we, we lost Jerry Jumanville a couple of years ago, man. And his so, nephew uh, sold me his baritone sax. Uh, I got his... Jerry Jumanville's baritone sax, Selmer Six. It's beautiful horn. Okay, now that doesn't have a, a low A. On <coughs> it's it. got a low A. Oh, it does have a low. I a. would be All happy right. either way, but right, uh, right. it's it's killer horn. And I'm just I'm, I'm working it up like I'm working up the clarinet, you know. Yeah, but okay. I have a lot of fun at home, right? You know, but I, now I, I live I, so far out. I just want to say you have such great podcast etiquette. Look at the way his pinky's up. I know, I know. He's I had know. it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was thinking it, it might be like a like a, uh, some arthritis. Or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> is that an old cocaine thing? Did you have a big long fingernail on your pinky years ago? No, my finger. I bite my nails. Oh, uh, okay. Because uh, I just noticed. You, this like, is you, a podcast. You drink your uh, coffee or tea that way too. Yeah, I see. I see. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to hit this. Oh, okay. All right. All right. But yeah. I, I did notice that as well, man. It's, 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 but, it's uh, nice, nice. So, Manny, why didn't you? Haven't you won the election yet? I haven't got enough votes, man. There you go. There you That's go. what it okay, comes down to. <laughs> well, Tom, we're this is yeah, uh, this, I haven't got enough votes, this, man. Well, we're, we're pretty pretty much winding up the podcast here, Tom. This is kind of the downslope. But of the I podcast. got twenty-seven more stories. Oh well, well, well you want to well, tell one uh, or? All right. Oh, okay. So junkyard dog got 
our drummer got arrested. We had a Skona gig in 1989. It was one of our first, second European gig that I got to go on. A Skona Jazz, Switzerland? Skona Jazz, uh -huh. yeah. Right, right, right. Where they would ship you out to different countries and then come back to a Skona. Right, right. And we yes, went, we were going myself. to Italy, and uh, they had a big German shepherd jumped up on, you know, before we got to the, I said, Wilbur, you got to get rid of that shit you got. You know, and we're coming up on the border. Oh, shut up, shut the fuck up, Tom. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever his reply was to right. me, you know, mind your own business. Well, the German Shepherd had a different idea, you know, and jumped up on him, and uh, he'd spent a night in jail. We got him out of jail. You know, I'd worked pretty hard on getting some of my friends, Deanna Nottis, and some other people. She spoke Italian, and uh, she helped us get over there. So there was a couple of Germans that uh, also came down, I think, uh, Helmet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they helped get Wilbert out of jail. By the, end, by the time we got there to get Wilbert, I think the jail was sick of him. You know, they, yeah, they, they were going to turn him loose anyway. <laughs> He's running they his mouth all night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we got him out and went back to Scona, and I said, look, when we get there, you got to be with your drums at this corner. I got to pick you up and go to sound check. And he, he just didn't show up. And I was like, he's out there having fun listening to Marva Wright, who's playing right on the water. And I, two blocks away, and I went up to him and I just cursed him out because I had just gone through all this hell getting him out of jail. Right. And I was like, it was a pain in the fucking ass. And, uh, so, He'd already disappeared. So he wanted, you know, I cursed him out in front of all these people and he didn't care for that. So he wanted. He wanted to fight, fight you. Yeah, he knocked on my doors, pretended to be Walter, and kind of came after me. And so we had a little disagreement, and, uh -huh. and I was I'm lucky to survive that because he's like twice as strong as I ever yeah. thought about being. <laughs> <laughs> he was a powerful guy, yeah. Orbs, <laughs> yeah. And he was just nice and not kill me, you know. And so we had a great night that night playing with, you know, Sammy Perfect was there with oh, Marva. Nice. Hanging out with Marvin and, and and we hooked up. Anyways, you know you go from having the worst day ever to having the best day, there and it go, goes man. back and forth. It's man. the music it business, the show business, forth. man. Yes, it's uh, it's it's, it's always something. And we hooked up with exciting. the guy who got us uh, hooked into. Um, he says later that night he says, "You want me to hook you up with this uh, promoter who's out of Arburg, Switzerland, you know, and so he ended up being our manager for many years. Oh, okay. Hooked us up with a great record deal with Virgin Point Blank and all of that. Nice, nice. Man, what a what a what a career you've had so far, Tom. I know it's you know, I've been absolutely blessed. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, beautiful tone. I was listening to a, a video of y'all playing uh, with your your band uh, uh Sax in the City uh playing at at uh at uh, Dos Jefes. What a beautiful tone you have. You sound like Dexter Gordon, man. Oh, it's, thank it's, you, man. It's, I love, uh, it's, love Dexter. It's, it's, Dexter's it's, my man. So fantastic. Well, uh, Tom, thank you so much for... Thank you. This is a podcast, man. Uh, we're, we're, Let me just ask you one question. Please do, man. I apologize right, for I always you. do this every once in a while. I'll ask a guest something. Now, I'm going to ask you this because I think... My shoe is size 11. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just... Uh, 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 one or the other, okay? Would would you rather be stuck beside someone with horrible body odor on a crowded subway for over 20 stops or hmm. be stuck beside someone who has an obvious huge erection 
on a long the first one <laughs> on a long <laughs> elevator ride and it keeps rubbing up against you in the crowded elevator <laughs> oh the first one the uh, first one rather you know I've had that happen so many times I so, guess yeah. well you've been to Europe many <laughs> yeah. times so, yeah so those fucking people stink yeah oh so. yeah the European story We got, I got to play with uh, JB Horns uh, oh. we opened for the JB's in Zurich nice. and uh, this is one, I died and went to saxophone player heaven absolutely they invited me on stage after we got two encores before opening up for them in front of about 1,700 people in Zurich. And then they invited me up for like the last tune. James Brown. Horns. James Brown yeah, with yeah. Maceo, Fred Wesley, and Pee Wee. Wow. And who we recorded on the same album with. Anyway, uh, so I got to play. They're singing Soul Power, and I'm soloing. You know, nice. and, and, and like, I know... Uh, Mingledorf said he did, you can't play Maceo in front of me. You can't play right, his right, licks. Right, right. I tried my ass yeah, to yeah. play Maceo in front of in front of Maceo. <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to play them licks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and so I just died and gone to saxophone player heaven. You know, it's like, nice. and, and the story later that night is uh, the opposite of that story. You know, it's when I blacked out and made a fool of myself. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, we've all done that. <laughs> <What> can, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's far for the course, Tom. So uh, yeah. you didn't try to outdance James Brown. No, there you go. Oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I was dancing in the municipal auditorium miles when nobody was dancing for a James Brown concert, and I was 83. I think I was dancing my ass off in the aisles. Stupid white boy. Okay, all right. How Always had dance at a James Brown. Uh, I had a ball. Always yeah. had some spirit. I like that. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so glad we yeah. finally got you on. And uh, Tom, as always, on the in the Trouble Men podcast, we like to say trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Thank you.